0: And what's unique about us, like you said, we have our own little sandbox, our, our test washes, right, right near our, our facility. You know, we um, we build the equipment, we, we build the motor control centers for them, and, and the motor or and the uh, all the in, in electrical controls. and we, we write our own software, so we're, we're kind of a unique, I, I think, company where we we basically check the box in all those different areas to create some really unique equipment.
1: Welcome to the Modern Car Wash Podcast. I'm your host, Dan St. Jacques. Today's guest is a repeat guest, of the podcast's first-ever guest, Tom Hoffman Jr. from Hoffman Car Wash. Today, you joined to talk about Hoffman Car Wash's newest location that opened up in November, as well as the latest developments for Hoffman Car Wash, innovative car wash equipment, and what the future looks like for both companies going forward. Hope you enjoyed today's show. So here it is. Tommy, welcome back to the Modern Car Wash podcast. You were the podcast's first guest, and now we're, it's a year anniversary here, just over that. So glad to have you back. Seems a lot longer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and pretty wild. And at that point, we were talking about Hoffman Car Wash navigating the COVID, what we would call at that point the COVID era, but here we are still today, I guess, still navigating those same same waters. Um, Big change at the end of last year. You know, for our listeners who don't necessarily know, under the umbrella of Hoffman Development, there were nine Jiffy Lube locations. There yep. was a Jiffy Lube franchisee and four of the top Jiffy Lube locations in the system. Um, and up a couple of years ago, five in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of overall volume. Um, can you just talk about the change that happened at the end of last year and sort of what that means for the car wash going forward. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. We we made a, a decision to sell our Jiffy Lube uh, locations. Um, there was a lot of activity in the Jiffy Lube industry. Um, they're expanding their footprint. Uh, building new stores. We haven't built a new store since 2004. Um, our focus has really shifted to developing our express car wash uh, footprint in our market, and it it just seemed like now is the time um, to maybe sell and and uh, really concentrate on on developing our our car washes. You know, seven of our nine locations were at car washes, so really nothing has really changed the same people are there so when when the new company um, bought the jiffy lube cha- um, locations from us they they kept all our people and they're actually gonna expand the footprint in the albany market and they have um... stores all over the country so it's really we, we really are hoping it's gonna be a great thing for our the people that stayed behind at jiffy lube more opportunities more growth opportunities um, even as we expand our car wash footprint we're going to be now looking for bigger properties and um, and I'll offer them um, like a neighbor site uh, to, to ours and they'll they'll be building, you know, Jiffy Lubes next to us in some locations.
1: And so for a lot of those, like you mentioned, seven of the nine are essentially they're attached to car washes. Right. But like you're saying, having the same people in place, people who are familiar with the company, I guess that probably helps to the relationship between the two businesses and understanding kind of what the expectations are to make sure that there's still... Even though the two companies now aren't necessarily tied together the same way, there's still some sort of a symbiotic relationship, I guess, between the two. Right.
0: It was important, really, for both of us that our customers weren't affected at all. So, um, you know, these guys are are really concerned about, you know, treating the customers right and growing the business, and so were we. So um, it's really a really transparent um transaction basically that the customers really shouldn't see any different. Again, we were a franchisee, we were operating it as a Jiffy Loop. There's not a whole lot of change going to occur. And especially because they kept all the people. So, um, so far, so good. It's, it's, it's been a, a great relationship uh, during the transaction. They're a really good company. And uh, we're looking forward to them growing in the future alongside of us at new locations.
1: Now, the last time you were on, too, the number 18 tunnel had just opened up that was uh, here yep. in Latham. Um, how has that looked after the first year and you know what, what have you seen there so far in terms of the growth in, in that new store? Yeah
0: that's been a challenging location. It was fairly close to an existing location where we had a lot of unlimited membership so there are a lot of people on our unlimited program that are going to that location so sign-ups and new unlimiteds have, have been a challenge on that road and also there's a heavy um, business community in that area, a lot of office buildings, and they're still not fully back to work yet. So the traffic on that road in, in Latham isn't quite back to normal yet. So it, it's been more challenging than our typical experience um, opening up a new location. Um, it, it's taking a little longer to ramp that one up.
1: Which is wild because we talked about, like, like you mentioned when we started here, that Trying to navigate the COVID era and people COVID era yep. people being back to work and here we are still 2022. It's still not quite back to full pace there, but, um, and then now as we come onto this show number 19 just opened up. Yep. A few months ago, um, talk to us a little bit about that site what that site looks like because that's a lot different than the other sites that have opened up. Right. Right. The last I mean,
0: so that location went out to bid before COVID started. Construction started during COVID. And, and we just opened in um, November, early November. Um, we have 10 locations, including that one, on, under development. So that's the first of the, of the 10 that will be open in the next year and a half. And what what we're a little nervous about is inflation. You know, Inflation has really hit the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Also, supply chain issues. It took us longer to build this location than usual, and it was because of supply chain issues. And as we're bidding out, these other locations we have one two three yeah we have four under construction right now and as we bid those four out they kept getting more and more expensive to build um, and it's actually about twenty to twenty five percent increase in cost to build a new location so the math is changing on how we're going to be able to ramp up cash flow and become profitable um, you know we're probably going to have to take price increases um, but it's definitely getting more challenging uh, to build. This this new location that, that we built is um, a 160-foot express exterior. We also, because of the width of the property, we were able to develop two in-bay automatics attached to it and three self-serve bays in addition to the free vacuum system. So it was a rather large uh, development for us. And again, opening in November was nice. We have the salt season and uh, the place is doing actually pretty well uh, for us. We're excited about it. And that was the first site to have self-serving an in-bays. And in how long since when was the last since site? 2004 um, in in Queensbury when we opened that um, lo- location? So it's been quite a few years. And you talked about so the the 10 stores essentially the next couple of years.
1: The last time you were on, you were talked about the ability to have this sort of um, for Hop and Car Wash to now have a sort of an accelerated development cycle, um, what has really contributed to that—the ability—because prior to 2018 or so, I mean, if you look at the number of washes that were built leading up to that point for Hop and Car Wash to now saying 10 in the pipeline, basically, mm-hmm. what's what has really contributed to that, or what's helped make that you know, make that possible? Well, h-
0: hiring good people, you know, also having you know b- building the infrastructure. We created a new office complex. Um, We created an equipment company to help, you know, build new innovative equipment Mm -hmm. to differentiate our locations from the competition and also heavily on automation to reduce and eliminate prepping the car on the way in. Um, You know, it it just took a few years, but we have an install staff and we have construction people and and a development um, team you know finding new locations going to planning boards you know bank financing you know we're we're getting all these puzzle pieces in place to be able to grow faster than than we ever used to and
1: a lot of the times i mean when you're moving into different territories or dealing with different people, if you look in terms of the towns and getting things permitted and getting things across. I mean, Huff and Car Wash has been established in this area for a long time. But I'm assuming there's still, and I know, I mean, our director of development, Marty Andrews, sits right behind me. I know there's still a lot of roadblocks that end up coming along the way and developing new sites. So how do you deal with that and kind of pushing those things along or sort of anticipating that you're going to have these issues when you look at your timeline for developing?
0: Every municipality seems to be so different. So it's... It's really kind of exciting and fun to navigate through the process. But in so I think especially in New York State, it's taken a little longer as municipalities, I think they go to trade shows, they learn things, and they put us through our paces. You know, traffic studies, you know, cutting trees down when the bats aren't, you know, hibernating or reproducing. <laughs> Our issues, um, you know, some environmental issues, the amount of water we use, recycling systems. Um, there are so many factors. Traffic studies. Um, it, it's it is becoming a little more difficult, and certainly a lot more costly. Hiring engineers and attorneys. Um, it, it's one of the biggest challenges to um, expanding, especially I think in our region.
1: And you said, you know, you mentioned the people that you have in place. Obviously, that being a big part of it, the teams in place to yeah. actually build these locations. Um, I know when we had Nathan Burch on, he was talking about when people are building washes for the first time, or maybe in the first couple ones, the importance of when you're putting bids out to subcontractors, whatever it is. If you're putting bids out to people who have maybe never built a car wash, they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily understand the scale of that project. Yeah. So, how valuable is that to have people either who are on, you know, who are members of your team, who are your staff members, or subcontractors who have? done this kind of work before. How right. important is that yeah. when you're developing new sites?
0: Yeah, the, the contractors don't seem to have the appreciation of how much goes in the ground. You know, the sand settling tanks, all the piping, electrical chases, you know, to the auto cashiers. Um, it's, it amazes us how, how we have to stay on top of the contractors and inspect what they've just, you know, produced to make sure they haven't missed anything on the drawings. So that, that's the other thing. It's very important to have very accurate drawings. And to have people to really um, keep an eye on the construction pro- progress and, uh, and the process, you know, to make sure the quality of the building is, is going to be what, what you get at the end of the project.
1: One thing I know we've talked about before on this podcast is um, staffing for growth and what that looks like. And obviously, when you have an aggressive growth plan over the next two years or so, how do you... Um, Sort of deal with that when you are looking from a staffing standpoint. Yeah. How do you look at in terms of your project teams and all the infrastructure behind that, all the support staff as well? How do you sort of make it so you're not being reactionary in terms of staffing those positions and saying, "Oh no, we actually need 50 more people in these specific yeah. roles." Staffing
0: is going to be the hardest part about our growth, you know, for these next 10 stores, especially in such such a short time period. Um, finding people will be the hardest thing, um, and you know, we're trying to be creative. With attracting people, you know we're increasing wages, benefits, and um, you know the, the good news is it's creating a lot of opportunities for our assistant manager staffs and even store managers are getting promoted to you know to bigger, newer locations. So it, it's going to be really tricky.
1: And I guess on that part too, and you talked about this last time you were on, but and you mentioned it earlier today too, the, the value of automation through your process, yeah. how important is, is tech, the the role that technology plays in um, sort of helping mitigate those issues with labor and, and right. what you guys are doing. To well, years
0: ago about. we saw that wages were going to increase with the push to raise the minimum mm-hmm. wage a little faster, especially in New York State. So we started the automation project, you know, years ago to, to try to, you know, wash cars faster and cleaner with fewer people to kind of offset, the, you know, the struggle we were going to have. We really didn't see obviously COVID coming. And, um, and the labor shortage is much worse than we expected. So automation and putting in new equipment and modernizing our, our locations, you know, is on a really fast pace to try to help mitigate this problem. You talked about,
1: you know, one part of the contributing to the accelerated development cycle was developing a... a a equipment company which is innovated. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk a little bit about that process too sort of the inception of innovated and where that started and out know, your own personal background with sort of starting in car wash equipment and when that you know moving through that process of saying we're going to be fabricating our own equipment to you know we'll be fabricating our own equipment for us plus some other people just saying we really need to go after this thing and we're going to be an equipment company that's manufacturing equipment for operators across the country basically
0: well i think what's happening with the consolidation of in the equipment uh, part of our industry um there are fewer choices for car wash operators you know so going from a competitor's wash to our wash we we've always looked at trying to differentiate our experience um, with with our customers, so they saw a difference, and I think they see a difference, they hear a difference, and then they're going to see you know see the quality of, of the vehicle is improved. So you know we're using a lot of high pressure to knock the sand and the salt off the car and the snow and the ice, um, just really trying to again to create um, a better experience. So innovate it basically becomes our sandbox to help produce you know some of the, the great ideas we come up with. Um, at our own locations and, and to share it with the industry and to create um, the infrastructure at the equipment company will make our Hoffman car wash a stronger company but it also helps you know, share, share our ideas with, with the industry.
1: I think there's obviously certainly that value there of having the testing grounds being your own washes, high, yeah. high volume washes where you can test and look and understand the issues and then anything that's in place that you need to tinker with or adjust you're right down the road to either make right. the changes on the fly there or bring it back here and make those adjustments before it goes to another wash to test again
0: right and what's unique about us like you said we have our own little sandbox our, our test washes right right near our, our facility you know we um, we build the equipment we, we build the motor control centers for them and, and the motor and the uh, all the in, in electrical controls we, we write our own software. So we're, we're kind of a unique, I, I think, company where we, we basically check the box in all those different areas to create some really unique equipment. And I think there's that,
1: there's that advantage too. I know when people come and tour the washes or people who have seen it. And probably that's, I know that's kind of what Shane talked about is Mm -hmm. that how initially starts people come through the washes, they're doing tours and saying, pointing out certain pieces and saying, you know, well, this is interesting. You know, where's this from? And saying, you know, we, we build it ourselves basically. There's obviously the value there too. Um, When Innovate started, was there an initial lineup of um, equipment? They thought this is the lane that we're going to stay in or did that, was that always, We'll start here, but we plan on going sure. to, point, to point B. We'll start yeah,
0: it, it really all started. Actually, we, we wrote software to control our self-serve car washes and, and also our, our tunnel controllers. We, we've always written our own and built our own control systems for that. Um, and then traveling around the world, really, um, I went to Germany and I, I became really good friends with the Ennings. And Dr. Enning had developed a, a following wheel blaster to help clean the brake dust off the wheels more effectively. And our good friend Mike Mounts down at Cloister Car Wash, down in Pennsylvania, bought one and needed help with, with the software. So I, I went down and, and wrote the software for for that tunnel and the wheel blaster. And so so Dr. Renning, developing that wheel blaster, that was kind of getting our foot wet in, into the equipment business. And um, and we started building you know wheel blasters for really a couple of decades. It felt it feels like, and um, that's one of the most unique and effective pieces of equipment. We, uh, we build right now. And, and then the high pressure for automating, the, the prepping process, that came next. And chemical dispensing, you know, delivering the washing solutions, you know, became an important part of, of what we do and partnering with a lot of the, you know, the chemical uh, companies around the country. So...
1: I'm glad you brought up the wheel blasted because that's one that I know when we go to trade shows, it's always one that you get a lot of questions about, about the actual yep. development of it and, and how it works and what it all is. So can you just talk, just go a little bit back about, so that initial wheel blasted, how different is that from the version that we see today in the we're, washes?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, it, it automatically tracks the wheel um, and adjusts its speed based on your conveyor speed. So we're picking up a pulse switch signal. And it automatically follows, follows the car and follows the wheel and cleans it effectively, no matter what your conveyor speed. And, you know, it doesn't touch the, the wheel at all, so it's, it's a touchless me- method of cleaning. You know, you put your chemistry on the wheel to loosen the brake dust, and then that blasts it off using high-pressure, zero-degree rotating nozzles. And
1: now... The initial versions were hydraulic, right, but this, then there was a move to electric, sure. which helped alleviate yep. some of those, any of the headaches that were happening. Right, the yeah, course. the
0: industry is moving toward electric control, and um, we recognized that was coming, and, and it actually uh, helped us create a more reliable product, so there's no hydraulic lines, and speed control is so much easier using variable frequency drives and electric motors, so um, it, it was a big improvement. Less, less, less moving parts.
1: Right, and it goes back all back to automation too, right? The the fewer things that you have to control and just right. let your equipment essentially pick up those signals, the, you know, the better quality that you're going to produce because it's just an automated process. You know, the more the machines can handle, the better, as yep. long as its equipment's fabricated well and is able to do those uh, to do those things. You also talked about you know you talked about chemistry and and the importance there of chemical applications. How much has that changed in the last you know in in your time in the car wash industry? Um, I know it's you know, there's always new developments in terms of, you know, uh, hyperconcentrates and those sort of things. But how important is that, yep. you know, the actual the actual chemistry part of it? Because I think a lot of times I can't remember who we had on was talking about the difference between somebody washing a car in the driveway versus washing your car to car wash one besides the pressure. The second point of it is that if you don't have that chemistry piece of it. You're, yeah. not gonna, you're not going to be able to produce a good quality well, car. Well, and
0: because of the unlimited programs, um, maybe, maybe cars are a little easier to wash, especially our unlimited customers, because they're washing more frequently. But now that we're washing so many more cars, we're watching our expenses. So you don't want to waste water. So you're using as little water as possible when applying your, your alkalines and acids to the car, your washing solutions. So, um, you know, in controlling things precisely, you know, and accurately... So there's a lot more focus on conservation and using just enough to get a clean car, but not too much where a lot of it is wasted and falling off the car and hitting the ground.
1: I wanted to go back. So we talked about 10 sites that are going forward that are in the pipeline for and car wash. At the same time, I know a big area of focus for you, and I know Ron Sloan, our president always talks about it, is the importance of reinvesting in the business. And so while those 10 stores are in the pipeline, there's still a lot that's happening in terms of retrofitting old sites um, from the, you know, just aesthetically from the buildings to the, the whole equipment package. So um, how does that exactly work for you in terms of the sites that you're addressing and yeah. how important is it to go back and look at those, you know, some of those older sites to ensure that they're in line with what? you're doing moving forward.
0: I mean, the initial investment is so huge now. And over the years, you know, the equipment gets a little tired and, you know, your buildings need to be renovated. So we've always been a strong believer in taking our profits and reinvesting them in our older stores to keep them refreshed and up to date. So, and especially again with the automation, we're, we're going back to older stores where we are prepping cars and we're installing our pumps and our high pressure automated blasting equipment. To help, um, you know, keep the locations like like the new ones we're building.
1: Yeah, it goes back
0: again, probably to the, that's
1: the customer experience as well, right? You talked about that with oh, yeah. Jiffy Lewis being. You don't want it to be any different for your customers, and you know, a lot of these sites, in terms of a whole, if you look at it, there's not a, a huge geographic separation between them. You could easily visit three or four sites in one day if you wanted to, you know. Down, yep. and, and so if you're getting. A way better wash at one than the other it's just you know for the customer it doesn't make it doesn't make sense you want to be able to get the value of it especially with something like an unlimited program where you can wash at any of them yep. you want to have the ability to wash at anyone yeah. and receive Similar the same experience yeah, yep. right um so in terms of those 10 sites moving forward what does that timeline look like for you now as you look to develop those 10 sites in terms of you know, when these buildings, when you think you'll have ready to be washing. Right. In. So
0: our install crew seems to take about 75 days or so. So we're staging them in such a way to hopefully move the crew from one store to the next. Um, and We're also, we, we split up crews when when we have some overlap. So it's going to be really challenging. But, um, you know, again, scheduling is really important in planning. And, and that's why we think we, we're going to be able to pull it off in the next you know, year and a half. And we're also continuing to look for more sites. We're going to, you know, keep keep going and, and keep building. If you had to
1: like, put a rough number on a percentage of sites that you say you identify as sites, that this is a prime site to build a wash, what percentage of those sites actually becomes, all the way through the process, ground up, build, car wash? Yep. The ones well, we're
0: actually getting pretty good at identifying a site and recognizing that the market um, and, and the municipality... You know, will will approve it. So um, we we get it under contract contingent on on municipal approvals, and even uh, the, the property owners are getting a little more impatient um, with how long they want to tie up a site, and then and then the municipalities are taking longer to approve. So we're buying more on really spec now than than we ever have in the past. Um, but usually within the first ninety days, you can get a good sense of whether or not. You're going to be able to get a site um, approved plus having a track record and sites around um, you know the the whole region you know people are very familiar with the way we operate and I think also our landscaping and flowers and our curb appeal um, you know creating jobs in the community and providing a valuable service like a car wash has really helped us Um, to get back to your percentage question it it seems like we're at 90 to 95 percent if if we find a site get it under contract we're, we're going to be able to build and open a car wash there
1: and you touched on it and i know we've talked about it with other operators before too the importance of having that relationship basically as a as a or being seen as a good neighbor within the community so mm-hmm. whether that's through community involvement or like you're saying you know from the, just from a landscaping perspective and aesthetically people don't want to have some sort of eyesore building in right. there like if they have an idea you know if they have an idea in their minds of what a car wash is it really helps to have a very clear vision of this is what this car wash mm-hmm. brings. This is what this business brings to our community in terms of, like you're saying, jobs. In terms of overall the service that they're providing. In terms of, yeah, there's aesthetic hundreds appeal.
0: of little things that go into, you know, um, making a successful business really, in and in especially a car wash.
1: And then, so looking forward now for Innovate it too. What are you seeing in that in terms of the time, you know, in terms of projections for the next couple of years, and what you're hoping to get out of Innovate it in the next, you know, as you go forward, kind of alongside with hopping. Yeah, wash we're
0: now? we're you know. Developing new new areas of the business, you know, um, recycling systems, um, RO, so a little more on the water side. Um, some friction equipment is um, is in our future, so we're we're working hard to you know build that team, hire more people, and and to be able to produce more equipment back there.
1: And in, in this brand new building now, so much so they have to build more office space back there now to make to make right, room right. for.
0: Well, it's a good problem to have. Well, right. Hopefully, we're going to run out of room and need a bigger building. <laughs>
1: And so next up for you, you'll be at the Southwest show, right? No. Yes. No speaking engagements there for you? No, not Just that time. I know of. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Well, I want to be conscious of your time here, but I, I really appreciate being on. And uh, you know, I think you have number one or number two maybe all-time show so far. So we'll see if we can run <laughs> repeat right. here and take that take over that mantle now. So thanks again for joining, Tommy. Thanks All
0: for your right. time. Thank you. All right,
1: thanks. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks again to our guest Tom Hoffman Jr. for joining us. Uh, you can visit Innovated Car Wash at the Southwest Car Wash Convention and Expo. We'll be at booth 823, and you can always find us at innovatedcarwash.com. You can find the Modern Car Wash podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining. See you next time.